0: The Year of Billy Miller by Kevin Hinkis Chapter 4 Sal and the Drop Sisters were sitting in a row on the front porch steps. "'I'm waiting for you,' Sal called to Billy as he turned into the yard. "'Well, here I am,' said Billy. "'You can stop waiting.' Papa came around the house from the garage carrying a battered cello with only two strings. "'Hi, Billy,' he said. "'Hi, Papa. "'How was school?' asked Papa. "'Okay,' said Billy. "'What'd you do?' "'Nothing.' "'Give me one highlight from your day,' said Papa. "'Billy was used to Papa's probing, "'although he didn't particularly like it. "'There's a kid named Hamster in my class,' he said. "'Boy or girl?' <laughs> asked Papa. "'Girl?' "'Maybe your parents are celebrities,' said Papa. "'They often give their kids unusual names.' "'Huh?' said Billy. "'Nothing,' said Papa. "'How's Miss Silver?' <clears throat> Billy shrugged. An image of Miss Silver's disappointed face rose up in his mind. He did not want to talk about her, although he knew his father would think that her chopsticks were very interesting. "'Can we not have any more questions?' Billy asked. "'No more questions,' said Papa. Sal, who had been unusually silent, stood with her hands on her hips and said, "'Your school doesn't sound very fun.' My school with Papa's way more fun. Look what I can do. Sal bent over and grabbed a book from a stack on the porch. I can read Mama's favorite book, she said. She held up a worn paperback copy of Pride and Prejudice. You can't read that book, said Billy. The book was definitely for adults. Yes, I can, said Sal. Watch. I know the words A and I. She opened the book to the first chapter. Her fingers scanned across the lines and down the page. A, 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 A. She paused. There's an I. She flipped the page. Now her finger darted around. A, I, A, A. She slapped the book shut and beamed. That was just two pages, but I can even read in the hundreds. She opened the book again, this time to page 223. See, she said, I, I, a. That's not really reading, said Billy. Is so, said Sal. A is a word, and I is a word, she looked at Papa. Well, said Papa, it is reading, in a way. He wiggled his eyebrows at Billy. He was still holding the dilapidated cello. He plucked one of the two strings, making a dull, heavy sound. And this is making music, he plucked again, in a way. (laughs) Billy laughed. ''I found the cello today among the other treasures. Come to the garage, I'll show you.'' ''Me too,'' said Sal. She gathered the drop sisters into her pillowcase. ''I'm going to teach the girls to read,'' Sal told Billy. ''I'm teaching raindrop first. She's the smartest.'' Billy followed Papa and Sal followed Billy into the garage. Papa's treasures for the day included the cello, An old-fashioned telephone with a dial and a long, curly cord, a gnarled piece of driftwood that looked like an elephant, and a shiny silver garden ball on a cement pedestal. We went to the dump, said Sal. Billy realized that if he'd spent the day with Papa, he would have had more fun than he did at school. Does any of this speak to you? Papa asked. He rotated the driftwood in his hands, eyeing it critically. Any ideas how your old Papa can turn these lovely bits of rummage into art? He placed the driftwood at his feet, then rubbed the silver garden ball ornament as if it were a crystal ball. Let's look into the future, said Papa. Billy and Sal leaned closer. What do you see? Papa asked, joking, stroking his beard. Billy didn't see the future, but if he could have, he would have liked to see Emma move to a different table at school, and he would have liked Miss Silver to let him know somehow that she wasn't mad at him. "'I see me!' said Sal. She touched her nose to the silver globe, then drew her face back a bit. She repeated this movement several times, mesmerized by her distorted reflection. "'I like the silver ball best,' she said before she kissed her reflection." (laughs) I like the telephone best, said Billy, but he didn't have any suggestions for how Papa could turn it into art. It would be fun to take it apart. He was fascinated by seeing the internal works of things, the wires, gears, nuts, and bolts. You should like the silver ball best, said Sal told Tilly. It's, Sal told Billy, it's silver just like Miss Silver. You should give it to her, then you would be her favorite. Billy didn't care about being Mrs. Silver's favorite, but he did care that she thought he'd been rude to her. Billy offered no response to Sal's comments, but because of them, he experienced the first flicker of an idea, an idea of how to make things right with Miss Silver. Ned came over, and he and Billy took apart the telephone with Papa's help, and Billy's idea was forming. Mama came home, and she asked even more questions about second grade than Papa had. Billy's answers stayed nearly the same. Okay, and nothing, and I don't know. Billy's idea continued to form during dinner and throughout the evening, and by the time he went to bed, he had a plan. Chapter 5 Before school, Billy gathered the following. A nickel, a dime a quarter, a paper clip, a safety pin, and a nail. Each of these things was silver in color, and each would be a gift for Miss Silver. Billy wanted one thing more, something better somehow, something important to add to his collection. When he was sitting on the edge of his bed putting on his shoes, he found it. On his desk, beside his rubber band ball and his gold soccer trophies, were his three silver animals. A bear, a dog, and a rabbit. The animals had been Mama's when she was a girl, and they'd been on Billy's desk for as long as he could remember. The rabbit will be perfect, he thought, recalling that Ms. Silver had noted in her letter that this was the year of the rabbit. He picked it up, turned the little thing in his hand. It was only an inch and a half high. Billy shoved the rabbit into his pocket and with his other silver things. His plan was to leave the silver items on Miss Silver's desk. The gifts would be a way to show her that he was a nice person. He didn't think he could find the words to explain to her that he'd been doing with what he'd been doing with the red markers. He hoped this gesture would take care of the situation. Ned's here, called Papa. Billy bounded downstairs. It was a foggy morning. Sal was standing at the front window with raindrop gazing out at the murkiness that pressed against the house. Oh, well, she said matter-of-factly. There's nowhere to go today. Everything's gone. She shrugged and walked away from the window. We'll try again tomorrow. It's so cool out there, said Ned. He was just inside the door. You can barely see. Now don't get lost, joked Papa. And have a good day, he added, lightly squeezing Billy's shoulder as he slipped past him. Billy and Ned were out the door in a flash, but Billy took his first steps through the dense air as if he were walking on dangerous ground. "'Maybe we will get lost,' said Ned with glee. "'Maybe we'll end up in Lake Michigan,' said Billy. "'They ended up at school. (laughs) First person Billy saw on the playground was Emma. "'Because it was so foggy, she was just a few feet away "'when she made her presence known. "'Her cheeks were flushed like the day before.' Her sweater was tied around her waist. She held the empty sleeves in her hands, twirling them. She came right up to Billy and Ned and said, Don't forget, you're in second grade. That's the first, that's the grade after first. Then she dropped her sleeves and ran away. Hamster on the loose, yelled Billy, and he and Ned chased after Emma. But they didn't really know what they'd do if they caught her, so they changed course. Around and round the foggy playground they ran until it was time for class. Billy couldn't concentrate on schoolwork. His mission filled his mind. He wondered when he should put the silver things on Ms. Silver's desk, and how would she know they were there for him? from him? Should he write a note that said, From Billy Miller? Ah, he hadn't worked that part out. Miss Silver had been talking about different habitats. While she talked, she pointed to posters on the bulletin board labeled The Ocean and The Rainforest and the prairie. Then she talked about the different names for the specific places animals live. Their homes. She mentioned nests and webs and caves and dens and burrows. She crossed the room to the cabinet in the corner and came back to the center of the room with a nest. A robin's nest. She carried the nest to each table with both hands low so that everyone could see. When she came to Billy's table, she leaned forward and extended the nest across the tabletop as if she were offering a bowl of snacks. Billy's eyes went right to Ms. Silver's chopsticks, which were mere inches from him. Then he tried to catch her eye and smile at her, but she was focused on the nest. Next, the students were told to, r- to write or draw in their journals. Share your th- thoughts about habitats, said Ms. Silver. Draw where you'd like to live if you were an animal. Under the sea, said Ned, reaching for the binna markers. I get the blue ones. Castle for me, said Emma, with lots of pink towers. It's not a habitat, said Billy. It is if you're a royal mouse, said Emma. Grace didn't say anything, but she began a pencil drawing of the most intricate, delicate web Billy had ever seen. Billy picked up a black marker because he was in a black mood. He just sat staring at the blank journal page. What are you doing, said Emma. Nothing, said Billy. As usual, said Emma. Billy gripped the marker fiercely and covered a page in his journal with black scribbles, leaving space at the top to write, Inside of Cave. He added, Bat Habitat. After looking to the bulletin board to see how to spell Habitat, He wasn't a great speller, but now he could add Habitat to the list of words he knew how to spell. He realized that it was one of those words that was spelled exactly as it sounded, even though it was a big word. When the bell rang, signaling the start of morning recess, everyone but Billy sprang up and quickly formed a ragged line at the front of the classroom. Billy lagged behind. He pretended to look for something under his chair. He thought he could wait until everyone had left the room, then place the silver things on Ms. Silver's desk unnoticed. "'Come on!' Ned called in a loud whisper. Billy ignored Ned and scrambled around on the floor. "'Everyone, listen,' said Missus Silver. "'Go to your locker if you need a jacket. Then may, you may go outside.' She was moving towards Billy. "'Do you need help?' she asked in a private voice. "'No.' Billy scooted under the table. "'He stared at the tile floor. "'He didn't know what to do. "'Ms. Silver must have seen Billy's journal "'because she said, "'Are you a bat? Is that your cave?' "'She pulled a chair aside. "'Come out of your cave, bat.' "'Billy moved out from under the table and stood. "'He glanced around. "'It was only the two of them. "'He was alone in room two with Miss Silver. "'He wished he were home with Papa and Sal. "'Are you feeling okay?' asked Miss Silver. Billy tried to nod, but his head and neck felt glued in place. Is there anything you want to tell me? Billy wriggled his hand into his pocket and pulled out his silver things. The nail got caught and made a little rip in his pocket. His hand was clammy. Here, he said, these are silver like your name. Miss Silver took the items and held them in both hands the way she'd held the nest. Are these for me? she asked. Billy inclined his head shyly and softened his voice to a whisper. "'I'm really a nice person,' he said. He couldn't look at her, but he could feel her eyes upon him like a net. His heart was thrumming. "'I can tell you're a nice person,' she said. Billy sighed. "'A very nice person.' Billy Frank felt great relief. "'Tell me about this rabbit,' said Miss Silver. It, my, "'It was my mama's when she was little,' Billy began. "'I thought you would like it because it's the year of the rabbit.' "'Does your mom know you brought it to school?' "'Oh, it's okay,' said Billy. "'It's mine.' "'I do like it, but I think you should keep the rabbit,' said Miss Silver. "'I think you should keep the coins, too. "'But I can always use a paper clip, and a safety pin, "'and I should probably keep the nail, too. "'I'm glad it didn't poke you.' "'I think it tore my pants a little.' "'During their conversation, Billy's eyes would flit up at Miss Silver, "'but when he spoke, he cast them downward. "'Here you are,' said Miss Silver.' She placed the coins and the rabbit in his hand. And thank you. When, after a brief silence, he had the courage to look at her, really look at her, he did so with a kind of curiosity at first. He saw her differently. Somehow and suddenly, unexpectedly, he found it natural and easy to ask, "'Do you think I'm smart enough for second grade?' "'Oh, Billy, absolutely yes!' She paused. Are you worried about something? He told her his story about falling, and he showed her his bump. Your bump is nearly gone, said Miss Silver. The doctor said when I fell, I protected myself. Well, that was smart of you, said Miss Silver in a voice that was clear and kind. You are very smart. Billy blinked as if by doing so he could replay Miss Silver's last remarks. The doctor in Minnesota had said Billy was lucky. But Ms. Silver had just said that he was smart. Smart. The one word said in Ms. Silver's voice made him feel as if he were filled with helium like a balloon and he might rise off the floor. If you go quickly, you'll still have some time for recess, said Ms. Silver, and thank you for my silver things. I like your chopsticks, Billy said over his shoulder as he hurried out of the room. When he got outside, he couldn't believe it. The fog had lifted, the sun had burned through the damp air. Everything was bright, sharper. He spotted Ned and some other kids in a cluster at the far end of the playground. He rushed toward them. He couldn't help smiling, even as he ran. He doubted he'd tell anyone about his talk with Miss Silver. There really was nothing to say, even to Mama and Papa. "'Hey, Ned!' he shouted. He said no more until he reached his friend, but his mind was sending off sparks." It's only the second day of school, he thought happily, and my teacher said I was smart. All right, that's the end of part one.